welcome to episode 167 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. The master of the leg spinning full toss. Welcome, Alex. Hello, everyone. Got a wicket with it on the weekend and also didn't get a wicket with the full toss of the weekend. Next up is orienteering's answer to Kyrgios and Kokonakis. Welcome, special R, Roscoe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Now, you might notice, Michael, I'm holding an instrument in my hand, which is a pen. And I've decided after some feedback from last episode, when I get a good idea, rather than say it out loud, I'm going to write it down. (laughs) And then towards the end of the scene, I'll give you the special signal (laughs) and then you'll know to come to me. All right, buddy. Yeah. And another thing I'd noticed was um, David looking chipper today. He's always chipper. Yeah. Extra (laughs) chipper today somehow. I don't know. And lastly, the man who's privileged revolutionised park career coaching by telling blokes to bat better. Welcome, David. Pretty easy game. Um, <laughs> ten, 10 to 9 on a Monday night, my favourite time to record. No doubt about it. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know how we've somehow managed to find worse times. Like, surely we've done all the worst times before. This seems like we haven't done this before. This time. Oh, it nearly makes you Monday. fucking wish back for the days of fucking 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning after we play cricket. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Then we'd go down to the pub. And yeah, that pretty... was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Looking right. awesome. So welcome yeah, one and all to Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lung Enterprises. So we're going to kick off with um, pretty much the only international cricket around the world at the moment, and that is the Women's Ashes, which has been going on in Australia. So as we know, we talked about in the last podcast, the Aussie, uh, the Jewel Mastaka Trophy got called off because New Zealand didn't want to come to Australia because the government essentially told them that if you want to do that, we can't guarantee you'll be allowed back in. So they said, fuck that, and stayed at home, which is fair enough. So um, the Women's Ashes kicked off with three T20Is at the Adelaide Oval about a week ago. Um, We'll get the first one in. So the Aussies would win the toss. They'd have a bowl. England make four for 169. It's a pretty competitive total. Um, Mm -hmm. It was podcast favourite, Danny Wyatt from England would get 70. But it was Gin's girl who he called in his uh, Ashes preview is going to be the one to, to keep an eye on in this uh, whole Ashes series. Talia McGrath who took three for 36. Yep. And then not to be outdone, the Aussies had chased down England's score, um, getting one for 170. And once again, it was Talia McGrath getting 91 not out. So Meg Lanning, the great Victorian, would also get 64 not out. And... Uh, Sophie Eccleston took a spell from running the F1 to get one wicket for England. So well done to her. Um, so Australia win by nine wickets, but as we know, it's technically three wickets because Australia only took four English wickets. Um, in the news that will surprise no one at all, Talia McGrath was named the player of the match in that particular oh, T20I. Um, Tal McGrath. So who are Talia McGrath exactly? So. Um, the other two ODIs were abandoned with no result due to weather. Beauty. So That's a win. Um, at the end of the T20Is, Australia were winning the series. Fancy that. So <laughs> from there, we headed to Monica where we had the test match. Um, so England win the toss and elect to bowl. And it wasn't looking the world's best decision. I was looking at a really good decision for a while, then got away mm. from it. But it was uh, nine declared for 337 in the end. Once again, it was Meg Lanning getting uh, bulk of the runs with 93, and she was ably supported by Rachel Haynes, who got 86. But it was uh, English bowler Catherine Brunt who got five for 60, and Natalie Shiver would also get three. Siver. Oh, was it Shiver? It's, see, I thought it was Skiver, but yeah. Siver sent the shivers down the spine of okay. the Australian batting like order. diver, so you assume it's... Yeah, anyway, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, a bit so, of um, Brunt Force trauma there, Mick. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's better than that's better than saying she's related to Mike Brunt. But anyway, um, so we'll go with England. Then got two, uh, two hundred ninety-seven. Heather Knight will get one hundred and sixty-eight of that yeah, two ninety-seven. Could also get that not out. Good for the averages. Um, so she's just an absolute star. She's amazing. She's been playing cricket for England. It seems like forever, and doesn't seem to play bad. Very rare. She's very rare. She plays bad. So. Uh, well done to her. Uh, Lise Perry would be the pick of the Aussie bowlers coming back in for the test matches after she was left out of the T20s. Uh, she would take three, four, fifty-seven. 
at one stage she had two for about one or something like that. So uh, she did all right. So the Aussies would then bat again. They would declare seven down, getting 216. Beth Mooney would get 63, and Elise Perry would get 41. Once again, it was a bit of brunt force trauma in the second innings as well. She would, Catherine would get three for 24. So England was set 256 for victory. Yes, Alex. Just wanted to mention before you go into this glorious final day that Beth Mooney broke her jaw like a week ago, yeah. played the game, diving around everywhere. Unbelievable. Like she dived over the boundary. I'm like, I don't know how much that would have hurt your jaw. Like, just like landing. I don't know. Anyway, just an amazing effort. Yeah, Still on a soft food diet too. Yeah, soft she soft food she eats it. Is that what that is? Is that like the seafood diet? No. Okay, moving on, Mick. I could live with a broken jaw, and I could just eat ice cream all day. I all day. <laughs> ice cream and chicken soup. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so England, yeah. So England would need two fifty six for victory. It would finish in a draw. England will get nine for two forty five to uh, finish out the game. It was Natalie. So how do I pronounce this again? Again, Skiva. Siva. Siva. So the sea silent. Okay, Siva. So yeah. Natalie Siva will get 58. Heather Knight would get 48 as well. And it was the uh, daughter of the chairman, Annabelle Sutherland, would get three for 69. Um, yeah, so the match ended in a draw. It was an amazing last day. Probably um, just from an Australian point of view, or even from an English point of view, to get a result, probably means it would be nice if the test, get, the women's test went five days. So at least yeah. got a result out of this one. But... That's the nature of the beast, the same rules for everyone. So it's not like it's, um, you know. I don't think really it's a big problem. I think it's just been a very wet summer in Australia. Four days of 100 overs is what's scheduled. Yeah. Um, been unlucky. Like, not often you have two whole games washed out. Or well, one was abandoned, one only lasted five overs in those two turning internationals. So Especially think, in South Australia, the driest mm, part of the One of the, the driest states, yeah, yeah, in Australia. But the Poms were cruising, Mick. They were three for 218, chasing 257 for victory. They needed 45 off 10 overs. Yeah, oh, they yeah. should have won. Oh, so what you're telling out. me is they went full English. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they choked big they time. Bloody black pudding. Mm. Well, I think this is something we talked <laughs> Never about. Never go black pudding. This is something we talked about on the um, in our private chat. And I just think England... The England it's not anymore, it's not. Mm. The England women's team <laughs> has fallen into the um, same issue that the men's team does and that's how they they decide they only need one bats person and they choose one person who can bat and they don't choose anyone else who can yeah, bat. yeah they don't allow they really come undone here for england at this stage like they just walk up they go can you bat yeah i can sorry we've already got one of those learn a fucking <laughs> or don't come back so but can you become a shitty all-rounder yes yeah, well, that's that's <laughs> Can you bowl, they have a, you a bit of half volley leg spin, please? <laughs> England have like five all-rounders in their team and Australia have like seven. It's mental. Mm. Mm. It's good stuff. It's a pity there's not another test match. True. Mm. Pity, that, pity that it's just not like... I know like it's, this is the way the women's game is. It's, there has been a more focus on um, limited over mm. formats mm. and things like that. But it'd be nice to see them play two or three. Like, yeah, three test series. Yeah, like yeah. Actually, I, I a think test series. A, um, I like the multi-format series, and I think they've got it um, right with uh, the test match in the middle, whether they have one day as first or, you know, white ball, then the red ball, then back to the white ball. I don't know. It just seems good um, for the point system in particular. Yeah. You need to have the test in the middle. But I was thinking they could add just one more week to the schedule and put a second test in there. And it would just run Thursday to Sunday again because they're only four-day tests. So yeah. maybe that could be the next thing. But I was reading uh, just before that it's unclear when Australia will play another test. Yeah, that's like mental to me that there's nothing scheduled. Yeah, yeah. there's not yeah. a single women's test scheduled in the world for this calendar year. Yeah, that's – I don't understand After why that – India wouldn't... played one this year here in Australia. They played two in one summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very strange, though, also because there's not the first-class game underpinning it. But, um, yeah, I think it Australia's at three days, three day or two day games in the States. The National Cricket League, which is one day games, 50 hmm. overs, but there's no um, two or three day. Isn't there? I didn't know cricket. that. Jeez, no, that's, there's not. Why it's local, wouldn't? just Premier Cricket. That's what they play. Yeah, local or Women's National Cricket League, 50 yeah. over or WBBL. Yeah. So, so the only time you'd play a red ball if you're in the international sort of setup. Would yeah. be tests. Tests or for your club side, grade cricket. Yep. Yeah. Yes, Which is, is, it's why I find the criticism of 
the like oh. Big Lenning's captaincy on the yeah, final yeah. day, you know, having fielders on the fence. I find, look, obviously not the best field you can have in that situation, but to how is she supposed to learn how to set a field in a long-form game if they don't play any long-form oh. cricket? So to criticise her for a field placement um, is a bit much when she doesn't actually get a chance to do it. Not the only time she's done it in the last year is one game of Test cricket. And in fairness... Yep. In fairness to Meg, like there's plenty of men's test captains who do shit like that. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, spend yeah. all fucking summer doing that shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting to like criticise. I guess essentially a rookie captain in that format. Mm. Not you know rookie cap, obviously captain 150 games, but it'd be like six or seven tests. So I imagine that she would have captain yeah, yeah. that, maybe four or five. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Good last day though. Yes, very much so. Yeah, exciting cricket. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour, load up KO and have a look because it's very, very entertaining cricket. Some good batting by the Poms. I don't want to admit that, but it was there was some good stuff in there. Some good catching. It was a good display of cricket all up. The reality is... Oh, best of luck to both teams, basically. Yeah, I wish them all the best, Ross. Both teams, mm. I wish oh, them all the best. Like, but this, this is the type of game that takes away the bullshit, like... For lack of a better term, sexist crap. Oh, the women's games aren't good enough for us. Like, mate, you're playing fucking Z grade fucking ECA, yeah. mate. Like, this is better than the cricket you play. A lot yeah. more people want to watch this and come and fucking watch you. A lot more exciting than mate. trying to watch you hit across yeah. the line. Yeah. <laughs> I think the sensible thing with women's cricket is they've made um, a few adjustments uh, to it, like uh, bring the boundary in a little bit, like most grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sensible to keep the same sort of a similar boundary ratio perhaps as to mm-hmm. the men's game, which sort of makes sense to me. I don't have an issue with it. I think the ball's a bit smaller or lighter. Uh, Catherine Brunt didn't have any problem with that because she was bowling a medicine ball in the warm-ups. A heavy one. It was an incredibly heavy ball. Yeah. Uh, DRS introduction yeah. to the test match was good. Yeah. Should, yeah, should have it in every international game regardless of yeah. gender. Um, it should just be spent. Like the ICC has got enough money. I don't know. It's, it's weird how they do the whole farm it out to the local oh, yes. um, TV company. Look, just mm. put a camera there. Like invest in it and make the TV companies use your cameras for everything. Charge them to do it. You know, there's different ways of doing this. To anyway. With now with streaming and that, something like this can be put on. You can watch it live. You can watch it anywhere you want, and you don't have to rely on a Channel 7 or a Channel 9 actually putting their hand up and doing it because you can just get it and watch it. Touch yeah. Next up for the um, Women's Ashes is a day-night 50-over game at Monica Oval on Thursday. Yep, and then two at the junk. Two at the junk to finish Sunday, Tuesday, next weekend. Yeah, so as we said, the Aussies currently lead the series clearly because um, they won the only game that's had a result. So they're up <laughs> So we pray for rain for the rest of the one day. But <laughs> yeah. win, so, yeah. But how, how English of us to pray for rain so we win. But um, So, yeah, so that's pretty much uh, all there is to do with that one. So good luck to the girls. Fingers crossed they get the job done in the ODIs and hang on to the Ashes. Who got um, the player of the match? Sorry, me. In that one, Heather Knight, unsurprisingly. Knight, yeah. Um, yeah. Made, made sense. Twice <laughs> and made, what you make, 218 runs or 216 yep. runs. So, yeah. Pretty hard to go past there, I think. Yes, David. Just a quick answer for you, Ross. Uh, 140 grams is the women's cricket ball, according to the MCC law. Yeah, so that's the size down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 156 is the men's, yep. So it's 16 grams. That's so the equivalent of what, say, like an under, I think under 16 or under Something 16 like that, yeah. Being cricket would use. Yeah. Which makes sense. In theory, women have slightly smaller hands and stuff, so it means I can control it better. So it makes sense. I like how they use a small footy and double yeah. footy as well. Makes sense. Um, all right, so from there, we're going to talk about the um, Australian Cricket Awards. So we had the AB medal oh, yeah. at like 1 p.m. on a Sunday day or something like that. So the, the matinee of the of, uh, <laughs> special medal. <laughs> the stark uh, of the matinee. Oh, oh. baby. So, um, yeah, so we'll start off with the top gong from the men's side, and that's the Alan Border medal, which was taken out by uh, Shane Warne's favourite player, Mitchell Stark. So, um, in a moment that probably would have seen Shane Warne's head absolutely fucking explode, Mitchell Stark <laughs> beat Mitch Marsh by one vote. So Imagine one if Mitch favorite, Marsh won it. 
one of forty <laughs> favourites went down by one by one vote. To it's Stoinis go. Yeah. Oh, he, um, I think he got negative seven votes. Best uh, dressed, I think he got. <laughs> was he wearing the other day? He wearing that white suit and a monocle or something? Yeah, he, a few years back. The, uh, I feel like I haven't seen Mitch Marsh in international colours in over a year, and he's nearly yeah. won the fucking. He won the two. I know. I understand. It just seems like so long ago. I'm like, how's he even in contention? You know. Anyway, uh, so the other top gong in Australian cricket is the women's uh, medal, and that's the Belinda Clark um, Award, it's called, because some reason, not the Belinda Clark medal. Um, they also, I've noticed the men's one has got the traditional kind of um, brown low look, and it's got the big, like, ribbon. Yeah. Like, yeah. The women's one's on a chain. Yeah, it's like a necklace. Yeah, yeah it's like a necklace. Oh, okay. I think that's better. Like, if you give me an Alan Border medal, give it to me on a chain because I'm going to wear that fucking everywhere. <laughs> Birdie Quitland <Run>, style. <laughs> run it in like I'll be DK Lily. D-grade fucking bowling off you from Alan Border. <laughs> 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 but, uh, so the winner, winner of the Belinda Clark Award was Ashley Gardner with 54 votes. She would uh, beat Beth Mooney with 47 and Alyssa Healy with 39. So, uh, well done to Ashley. I don't know, is she, is she injured or has she not been playing in these? No, no, she played in the test match. Yep. Yeah, bowled her off his. Oh, okay. That's how much attention i Run a ball 38 yeah. and a half century in the first innings. Oh, there you go. See, but if it's not a century, Ross, it's pretty hard to Oh, well, fair enough. That's it, doesn't get the report. Didn't see it. It's not three figures. It's not the top score. I don't write it down. So, mm. that's on her, really. Yeah, it could have been duck like Alyssa Healy made a pair. Yeah, and then it won't play another test match for a year. Fuck. May not open in the next festival. <laughs> Think about that, Jesus. Imagine that might not even play one again. You know, yeah. it could be three years, it might be a little time. It next won't be. She'll play till she's about 50, I reckon. righty. So from there we've got we'll, we'll just run through all the individual other awards. So the men's test player of the year was Travi Head. He mm-hmm. got 12 Travis. votes, he beat Scott Boland, who got 10 votes. So Bolo took it. And then uh, Mitch Stark got seven in the tire. Uh, uh, so from there we go. Uh, women's ODI, Alyssa Healy took that out. She uh, beat out Rachel Haynes and Megan Schutt. Um Then we got the men's ODI, which was Mitch Stark. He got 15 votes. He beat Wadey, who got six. Mm. And Zampa only one series. and Gary got four. There was only one series in that, Mick. They played the West Indies over there. And all the votes were from that one series. <laughs> Apparently, that's what I read, anyway. Uh, well, it's COVID time. So. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so then we'll go to the T20. So women's T20, the player of the year was Beth Mooney with 13 votes. Uh, Talia McGrath got 10 and Ashley Gardner got six. Uh, Talia McGrath. Yeah. Uh, men's player of the year was the Bison. Mitch Marsh, got 53 votes. How many fucking T20s are they playing? Uh, at the World Cup. Yeah. The World yeah. Cup as well. Yeah. And they played yeah. five in Bangladesh and five yeah. in the West Indies. Uh, Joshy Hazelwood will get 29 and straight breaks. Ashton Agar will get 26. Yeah, didn't play in the World Cup at all. No, apparently, uh, he came out recently and said that uh, that really affected him mentally, and that's disappointing for him. But maybe just play better, mate, and you get picked. Uh, so women's domestic player of the year was Elise Galani, men's domestic player of the year was also Travis Head. Uh, so we had um, Justin Langer got either would you get put in the Hall of Fame or Coach get elevated to something better in the Hall of Fame. No, he got coach of the year. Huh? Got coach of the year award. I don't care about Best that. He's the only fucking coach. He should get coach of the year. He's only one fucking coach. Uh, what no, he about beat Ronnie? Matthew Moss. He beat Matthew Moss, no. the women. <laughs> only two people, in. Yeah, I was running out this year, 2022. I'm going to get the Latrobe University Reserves Coach of the Year. That's it. Coach of the Year award. Uh, Best coach on ground. Yeah. I think he also, the... put, he also got put in the Hall of Fame, as did... Um, I didn't write these down. It was Raymond Thompson, a former uh, Victorian and Australian uh, international player. So well done to both of those. Um, While we're speaking of Justin Lang, we might as well get, um, we might as well jump into the story that did the rounds today. And that was that uh, Mr. Langer was um, on Friday uh, taken into cricket 
Australia's head office and had a sit down with uh, the chairman, and uh, which is Nick Horsley, I think, off the top of my head, and uh, Ben Oliver, whoever the fuck Ben Oliver is, but he was there as well. He's uh, in charge of hiring coaches, maybe. Um, so they sat down with Mr. Lang and effectively said, um, yeah, we're not really sure about this whole coaching thing. Um, so we're prepared to offer you a 12 to 18 months contract to which in a situation which would surprise no one, Justin Langer lost his fucking mind apparently and said, I've done this. I've done that. I've done that. I've won the Ashes. I've won the World Cup. I've done this. You didn't pull You didn't pull on a fucking pair of pads or bowl of ball, Langer. You didn't do fucking any of it, cunt. Um, but then that anyway, what Oliver so, said. Goodness, man. wow. Apparently, apparently he said, as, as a bloke, I've, I've done this, and I've, that's the quote from what I read. Mm. He said, "I've done this, I've done that." He thinks he deserves a four-year contract, and four they said more if you years. wanted a four-year, they basically four. if you want, yeah, if you want a four-year extension, we're not going to offer it to you, but you can reapply for your job where a four-year contract will be on offer. And apparently, he also balked at that suggestion as well unsurprisingly, mm. for anyone who's uh, known or heard of Justin Langer's reputation. Well, that's surprising me because it reminds yeah. me a lot of when George Gregan was yelling at the All Blacks, four more years. <laughs> yeah, was he sitting in a chair? I know the um, boardroom is near where your guy's office is, your yeah. duo office. Right. So. A couple of bar fridges are wheeled in. Yeah, the in the boardroom, there's one of those like half fridges. Yeah. 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 And there's a cactus, which he looked at it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. there's like an exercise bike, an old one, you know, from like the 70s, in the corner. <laughs> and he sat on that and just tried to pedal, but it's rusted, so he couldn't pedal. So he just was it. Was there a couple of boxes of like printer paper in the corner? He yeah, just yeah. thought he might want to sit on those. He as eyed well, them yeah. off and then thought they're a bit dusty and didn't want to get his new pants uh, dusty. And they sat there, on the exercise There's bike. a massive pile of the old uh, skin tight grey 2020 jerseys in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what Mick and I tend to sit on when we go into the yeah, yeah. They're the most comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting too because Langer went to that meeting and he was wearing his hat backwards in the meeting, which <laughs> seems to be what he's taken to doing 100% of the time, 24-7. Every time I see him pitching a minute, he's got his fucking hat on backwards. That's how you know totally he's laid back. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did, he, did he shake everyone's hands really aggressively and said, hey, guys, you know, just let you know I really, really enjoy feedback of any kind, you know, positive or negative. I really, really enjoy it. Just let me have it all right. Fellas, is that what they you reckon he said? That? Yeah, yeah, I reckon he wouldn't. Yeah, I don't, he didn't blink while saying that either. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> said it's great having Usman back. I love having Usman. Love back. his feedback. I love, I love it. I love when Usman made that ton. It was so. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. So apparently, apparently the the thing that's got CA a bit worried is that whenever the Langer thing gets brought up. None of the captains, were, no, well, I say none, there's only two, Paddy Cummins and Aaron Finch, haven't, haven't backed him in. Say, so, oh, yeah, we'd love to see him stick around, rah, rah, rah. And the word is that Paddy Cummins and a few of the other New South Wales boys are very keen on Trevor Bayless, who has coached them at state level, and they have mm. decent reputations with him. As we know at the moment, he's coaching the Sydney Thunder. If you didn't know that, he's the weird bloke in the floppy green on the bear. <laughs> You don't know who Trevor Bayless is. He's just creeping everyone. He's like someone's weird skinny oh. uncle. He fucking snuck in to play fifth grade. He's wearing like he's got all the brand new kit on. <laughs> but, um... Interesting one there, Nick, is that they don't seem to be going down the path of um, separate coaches. Yeah. I think this whole Langer situation is stalling what to me would be a natural thing to do, which is um, to have a test coach and then a one-day coach. You can't have a T20 only coach because it's so sporadic uh, to get a run at it. Like imagine if they had a T20I coach uh, upcoming series against New Zealand, there was one, OD, one T20I. <laughs> Parachutes. Yeah, no, I think, like, yeah. I think you have two. I think you have a limited overs coach and a test coach if you're going to split it. Yeah. Because effectively, even though they are not the exact same format, um, a lot of the – Players crossover between the, yeah. the limited up between the uh, one days and the T20s, and essentially it really is the same fucking skill set. It's just you hope Maxwell lasts twenty or thirty overs in a one day instead of fifteen overs in a fucking T20. Yeah, it's interesting. England seem to be struggling with the same um, problem, and I read that um, Gary Kirsten has said that he um, wouldn't apply for the England job until the roles were separated because he refuses to just spend so much time on the road. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I want. I would like to know because a lot of the time, 
say there's a five ODI or three ODI series, then a test series, and then some T20s, I would be interested and in see how it would be handled, say, Mitch Stark playing some ODIs and then being rested for the final one because he needs to play test cricket and they don't want to overwork his bowling. And I wonder how that would work with two coaches. I mean, it's fine with one because you're making the decision for both. It's have those high performance managers or whatever that run into that stuff. Yeah, but then you've got like a megalomaniac that's, uh, you know, Langer involved wanting to do something one way. And I'm assuming a coach, most of them are a little bit megalomaniac. Like, as we know, bullies, he's a coach. So um, they all want their way. So it'd be interesting. (laughs) Um, uh, Australia was ironed out that problem by getting rid of that uh, rugby union bloke they had. What was his name again? uh, Howard. Yeah, Pat Howard. Pat Howard, (laughs) the oldest man to ever be alive. (laughs) Pat Howard. Johnny Barrett and Pat Howard again. It's okay. <laughs> Pat Howard. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like I think it's inevitable that that's what'll happen. But whether there's going to be teething problems at the start, I think you just got to get. In theory, you've got to get two coaches who obviously respect each other and are going to be hmm. open to communicate with one another. I think that's going to be the biggest part of it, which might yeah. be difficult to get them each to wrap their heads around. Um, but that's just that's just going to be part of it, I guess. So, yeah. Um, all right, anyone else got any more thoughts on that? Uh, oh, is he? Do, do we think he's going to take the eighteen months or no. not? He's not no, going to have I a change mean, of heart. He, he, he also said that he wouldn't go to Pakistan if they didn't offer him a long-term yeah. contract. So yeah, like, he's getting a bit petulant, which I quite like. Good on him. Be as petulant as you like. But, like, is it more dangerous? Like, you can appreciate that aspect of it. But the reality was, is that before that T20 World Cup and before these Ashes, he's fucking, he was getting sacked anyway. So, Mm. like, it's not like, so now he's going, oh, I've won this and I've won that. It's like, yeah, but that that just papering over cracks, mate. They're fucking the cracks. The players don't like you. It's it's hard to coach them when they don't like you. Exactly right. And, and, you know, Malcolm Conn's articles, like Bruce was saying, he has one every week on how shit Langer is. So I think, you know, there's a personal relationship there. So you can take Malcolm Conn's opinion, I think, you know, it's a little bit tainted, I think, because of the dealings they've had with each other. But uh, him saying that, like, Langer barely did anything, maybe just in an overall tactical mm. um, facet this series and didn't really do any coaching... Um, David Boone did more than Langer this series. <laughs> <laughs> he fell asleep on, on the couch up in the bloody match referee's box. But yeah, like you said, there's clearly someone within the group feeding that information to Malcolm Con. Like, yeah, it's long enough not to know not to just make that shit up. So. And in, inversely, there's been quite a bit of chatter from ex Justin Langer teammates recently on, certainly on Twitter around. Oh, how good of a job he's done, and they can't believe he hasn't been re-signed already. So it's, it's so the PR machine's in full swing for for both sides by the looks of things. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Like, it's just funny when you talk like you, apparently we've got all these coaches in waiting, yet fucking they can't seem to sort yeah, out. Yeah, we're talking about Trevor fucking Bayless. I know. I just don't <laughs> understand why how he's in the mix. Done, like. <laughs> Everyone says that the job was Jason Gillespie's the minute he wants it. He's not being spoken about anymore. Yeah. Talk no. about Ronnie McDonald fucking only three months ago during the World Cup. Now he's not talked about anymore. Mm. We're talking about fucking Trevor Bayless, the bloke who fucking, like... What was his young. winning percentage at England? Yeah. Fucking three. I think it was probably like your mid-range standard win at home, don't win away. <laughs> he, he came in, though, because he's a good white ball coach. And he won them, well, they didn't win the World Cup, but they got the trophy. So, yeah. job done. Yeah, true. That's, that's a point. Yeah. Well, then, when they split the roles, you can have the fucking one-day role. We can tell them what they're doing the coach testing. I think maybe Mick Gillespie's got a, um, you know, auto... Uh, they'll give him the job if he just wins a fucking game in Sheffield Shield um, yeah. coaching SA. If you can do that, you're good enough to coach fucking but, anywhere. But well, Langer never won anything with WA. Like, fucking hell, if you're banking on him be- winning a game of SA, he might never coach Australia ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why he's gone off the radar. Langer won a whole heap of – didn't he win a whole heap of white ball shit? 
Oh, yeah, uh, but like the Scorch, he was coaching the Scorchers when they yeah. won the last BBL before yeah. the most recent. Yeah, but he didn't, he did, they were no good in the Shield, and no. they, they might have won one Ford Ranger or something. Mate, one of the best opening bats in the history of Australian Test cricket left WA to come to Victoria because Justin Langer doesn't know how to Spot come on. Red yeah, cricket. I mean, so, it was over the top over the PA system and yeah, stuff, but, but you know. These bikes over the PA system, that's not how it works. Fuck. Yeah. So how it works in the top echelons. You do that, you know, face to face while sitting on a fridge. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So speaking of um, Justin Langer, which means we're speaking of Test cricket, which means we're speaking of the Ashes and the yeah, Mets nice. are wrapped up. And apparently, Roscoe, Mister Paul Collingwood, has had a few mm. um, things he's felt he needed to get off his chest after the Ashes were finished. So, would you like to touch on that, please? Yes, I would, Michael. Thank you for that. <laughs> Paul Collingwood said, I reckon if you had given us the best England cricketers in the Ashes from the past 100 years and put them in the same environment those boys have lived in over the last two years, with the preparation that we had going into this Ashes, even they wouldn't have had a chance. Oh. Mm. Mark, how good's our team? That's just Dominate. testament to Scotty Boland. Couldn't even beat us. Fucking hell. Testament to Scotty Boland. <laughs> Uh, he said that the side should be credited for even going. Yeah, well, he wants to get participation medals, doesn't he? I actually think that's a fair mm. point. I mean, it's they had a big series at home and they'd been away. and It's a fair whack. I, I agree with that point, but I don't think I agree with it. They're just destined to lose point. But... Yes, we made selection mistakes, we made toss mistakes, but the fact, fact <laughs> we actually turned up and agreed to a five-match Ashes series, the guys should be given medals for that. It would have been much better if we'd done two matches and then three next year. Oh, yeah, that's that would way, have been a great compromise. That's the way a five-test series works. Yeah, yeah. In well, fairness to Paul Collingwood, he, he is used to just rocking up and being part of an Ashes and getting some form of... And getting a medal for it. So I can understand why he believes that the players should get one as well. He's he's close because they came and they played three matches in the year 2021 and then they played two (laughs) matches the next year in 2022. They gave him what he wanted, fucking Hey, I'm okay with this, Ross, this idea of one season you play two and then the next season you play three, but you have to pick the exact same players that have played the previous test, yes. So if someone shits the bed for 12 months, it doesn't matter. They get Hamid gets parachuted out of County Fifth to the <laughs> test arena to open, has to play. I like it. I think it's fair. I, I think you're onto something there, Alex. I think mm. we play one every five years. Each time. Does like over 60s vets by the fifth test. <laughs> or you play the five tests, one every year, but you do also do that against every other team. <laughs> So we play India every year, one test, and you still, you know, you have to remember the team for the previous test. They have to play out all five, and then you can start the rotation. It's not confusing at all. No. Yeah. Australia were not bothered that they were going to receive an England team who were mentally fatigued. They just wanted to get the product out there. They just wanted the ashes. These guys deserve medals, not criticism. They should be told, well done for even going. It's the equivalent of the England football team being asked to go to a World Cup and from that bubble into the Euros. What would you expect? Would you expect a performance from that scenario? It's ludicrous. Interesting that he's saying this now. They're in the Caribbean playing a very, very meaningful five-game T20I series. (laughs) Um, It's still January here in Australia. If they were concerned about the schedule, Ashes series have run into February before. I don't understand. Like, Boxing Day could have been the first test, even. But also, like, Nonsense. in terms of Nonsense. what he's kind of whinging about as well, didn't, like, India go from the World Cup to South Africa? Didn't Bangladesh go from the World Cup to New Zealand? Like, they're not the only team that went straight from the World Cup to play another international test fixture series in another country. I know, obviously, the Ashes is longer than those other series, but still other teams have done it. So, hmm. yeah. Look, I, I mean, I can see some of the... I mean, a bit overblown, the, the language used, I think, Paul Collingwood's using. I can understand the fact that it's hard. It is, of course it is. You can't say it's not hard. But I think to just to say, of 
like again to the point of oh, you could have put anyone in the side and they would have lost. I disagree with that. I think they had, you know, I think we mentioned it throughout the series. It's a little bit of deck deck chairs on the Titanic. You've got bloody six blokes that all average under 30 everywhere they've played cricket and then you're just rotating them through. Like, you know, you bring in Peterson and Strauss and all those blokes. Of course they're going to do better and would be better. Because they're better cricketers. Um, Yeah, yeah, they are. Like, factually better cricketers. Hand back your match payments and... You can have a thank you in a medal if you like. <laughs> that's true. They're not, they're not doing it for fucking free, yeah, are they? That's right. <laughs> oh, it's not fucking charity. Hmm. Do you have anything else to add to that, Ross? Oh, there's a whole lot of other shit from Paul Collins, but I can't be bothered with it. He's a bit, when he gets on a run, he talks an absolute drivel. You know, it's just nonsense. You like him. <laughs> yep. Two old mates talking dribble. Ross was so still when he was reading the rest of that article. I thought he's fucking screaming. Also, <laughs> um, oh, Ross did legit fall asleep at the start of this podcast. Did anyone else notice that? I Absolutely, he fell asleep. Around. I was mucking around. Oh, it just rested your thing. eyes. The old dad trick, eh? Hey? Uh, yeah. All righty. So, um, from talking about Paul Colony, we're going to talk to something else, which. Uh, not too many people have been paying attention to this summer, and that's the BBL. So um, oh, over the last uh, week, we've had the BBL finals, and um, like everyone else, I just can't believe it's already over. <laughs> Fucking that went past so yeah. quickly. But, um, so I'm not going to run through all the bullshit because fucking test fucking no. Um, so we had the final. So the Scorchers... Um, Finished on top, won their way to the finals. They hosted the Sydney Sixers at Marvel Stadium because the Scorchers decided that Marvel suited their game more than the G, so they chose that to be their home ground when they were in Melbourne. Um, so the Sixers won the toss, and they elected to whinge about Steve Smith not being allowed to play. <laughs> um, then once they stopped doing that, they chose to bowl. So uh, the Scorchers would make six for 171. It was uh, the English import, Laurie Evans, who would top score with 76 and play one of the most amazing shots you'll ever see. He just, just lofted, like, down on one knee, like, cover drive. It's fucking amazing. So if you get a chance, go on Twitter and you'll find it pretty easy. But it's pretty. It's a pretty good uh, pretty good shot to have a look at. So Ashton Turner would also get 54. Um, for the Sixers, it was Nate Lyon, who they'd obviously had put on their list of test players that were allowed to play. So he got two for 24, and the Sock, the Bundy Bear, got two for 43. Uh, Sixers will get rolled for 92, because you know what? If you're going to lose a final, lose it quickly so you can get on the fucking beers. Uh, Dan Why Hughes, they play? Dan Hughes would get 42, and Andrew Suit and Ty would take three for 15 for the Scorchers. Scorchers win by fuckloads. Man of the match was Laurie Evans, so he takes home the... I don't know, fucking Ashton Turner medal. Rich. I don't know what it's fucking called in BBL, even if it's called anything. Maybe it's the Aiden Blizzard medal for the best there in the final. Go. There we go, the Aiden <laughs> Blizzard medal. Um, so speaking of medals, we'll touch on our two medals that we give away. So we've got the Cam Borgus medal. Uh, winner this year was Ben McDermott with 907 votes. Um, Runner-up was Pierre Siddle with 605 votes. Um, so well done to those two. Pierre had... Ben was the leading run scorer in the tournament and just dominated. And Pierre was the leading wicket taker and one of the only, one of only two players to take a five-far. So what well on to Pierre. It's on true, Pierre. Mick. This year we used the 30-vote system where you have um, as many votes as you like to as many or as few players as you want up to a total of 30 votes. But you don't I have to give all 30. I the 303-vote system. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, that's the fairest one in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we had the, so we had the Dernbach Joey Johns medal, which is the combination of our, of our old two medals, just to be the wor- absolute worst player in the uh, competition, whether you're international or domestic. Uh, the winner this year was from the Melbourne Renegades, Muhammad Nabi, who got 1,501 <laughs> votes. He would, he would score 36 runs and take three wickets. And he, and he played fucking most of the fucking tournament. Oh. That's terrible. So, um, that is and terrible. The runner up with uh, 1,498 votes. They only got pipped by three votes, this man. <laughs> is uh, Majeev from the Brisbane Heat, who made three runs, 
five ducks and took five wickets for he and he played like eleven games. So he played Jesus. he played almost the whole fucking thing. So um, the great thing about the medal is you need to be shit over a vast amount of games too, which is good. You really find out who the shit is. You can't just come in, stink it up and leave. Muhammad Nabi's output was Reese Topley, who was very fucking. He was the front runner to take over the medal for a while there. Then Nabi went, hold my water and fucking went. (laughs) Nabi doesn't drink, so hold my water. All righty. So Chris Lynn, a touch on lucky. Yes, Roscoe. Chris Lynn, a touch unlucky not to be on the podium for the. Um, um, yeah, he would have been. I didn't do. I didn't get the votes for the third, but I'm, he would have been fucking close. Oh, yeah. I reckon he would have been about fourteen ninety-seven. But um, he had an absolute stinker. He's one of these blokes who had a lot of field tickets from the first few years of the BBL and has oh, yeah. used a lot of them up at the moment. So. Um, put it this way, there's a fact, there's a reason he never performed at international level. So he's just not that fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, he has hit the most sixes in the whole tournament by about fucking 60 ahead of Finch or something like that. It's fucking, he's hit like 150 sixes. Or so he never played international. That's why. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> True. Um, all right. So that's about it for the BBL. It's just, it was long. Like, I watched mm. probably more than it seems that you guys watched from oh. when we talked to each other. Like, I did get caught um, watching it. What I found personally, and this is just another, this is a, a little weird thing. Um, about halfway about halfway through January, I said, fuck it, and I got rid of my Foxtel subscription. I've gone, like everyone else with the streaming, so I have KO now, and I watch mm-hmm. um, stuff on KO. I found... From that point of view, I didn't watch it because oh. when you get bored of it on KO, you can't really flick channels. Where on Foxtel, you go, I'll go fucking see what's going on the movie channel and then you come back. I'll go uh-huh. KO, you've got to commit, sit down and watch the stream or you got to watch something else. Hey. Band, I get bored after about five overs and not be able to flick channels and go, I don't really want to watch this and turn it off. So I think like from my point of view, that's a big reason why I didn't watch it. It's far too fucking long. I know they're only playing everyone twice, but it is far too fucking long. Um, they need to work out a way to do more double headers or just somehow to get to just you can have the if you want to have the games, it's still too many games. But if you want to have that games and you're committed to that for TV rights and all the other stuff, you gotta you gotta pull it in. Because like everyone I've spoken to, whether it be at local cricket or you just you know, whenever you talk to anyone about the BBL, no one seems to be watching it as much. Because it's too fucking long, and it's. And I agree it's with that, Nick. It's um interesting that there was twenty six January twenty sixteen when there's eighty thousand at the MCG. It's a long time ago now, and um, you got players who play in the BBL saying it should be shorter. Yeah. Peter Siddle said you got to try and get the internationals back. Yeah, for sure. You got to get big names. There's no yeah. big names. Who was? No. Yeah, Finch that's... is the biggest guy. That's the biggest name yeah. to play. Like, yeah. And stop, stop, don't even bother. Why get that Reese Topley bloke? Stop bothering. Just but play someone like, out of Victoria. Yeah, and part of the problem too with that is too, is and like, and this isn't these guys' fault, but they'll go out and like, um, and they'll go and get an international player from Pakistan or something who probably has played well in the PSL and probably has have like form behind him and that. But mm. people don't know who he is, so it doesn't affect <sighs> to the product. Mm. But if you go out, and even no matter what people think of him and all that bullshit. But if you go and say Melbourne Renegades are signed Chris fucking Gale, people will watch that. If, if you go out and like the stars, people, when they sign KP or when the heat got flint off, even though yeah. it's fucking broken down, people want to watch those bikes. People like, because people know them and they want to watch them. They know they're going to, there's a chance for it to be really exciting. Where unfortunately some of these Pakistani guys and even some of the Afghan guys and that, apart from maybe like Rashid Khan, who just went bananas and everyone fell in love with him. They don't have the, um, notoriety for people yeah. to be excited about their team getting them and, and wanting to watch them play. And the fact that we don't get Indian players because of all the bullshit with the IPL and them not letting them play, that's a massive knock. We we have, as a state in Victoria, we have a fucking international Indian player that fucking lives like 30 <laughs> minutes from the CBD and he's not allowed to fucking play for one of the teams. Yeah, imagine if like the Stars or the Strikers signed Rishabh Pant. Yeah, for fuck. a T20 tournament, yeah, any of those guys, it'll be fuck. That's how you get your 80,000 back at the G, yeah, yeah that's right. that's never gonna happen. So, you're gonna have to get like that's I don't know, Joe Root or something, or but fucking... even like this year, there wasn't as many West Indies guys, 
Like it seems that like yeah, the nations are really stuff. the nations that are really big on BBL, we don't seem to be getting their players anywhere. Yeah. So oh no, it's just an observation. Like yeah, I agree. The way it is now too with the South African summer because of the way their tests and they they basically have our summer. So you're not yeah. really going to get any of their players unless it's someone like an AB who's just, just tired. Yeah, and, yeah. But I don't think there's the money in the BBL to entice some of these blokes anymore either. And I think that's another part of it. Mm-hmm. Isn't it something yeah. like the salary cap of one IPL team is almost the entire salary cap of the BBL. Is it? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, that, that, something that, like that. I remember doesn't surprise that, me. That might be yeah. a while ago. It might not be now, but at one stage, that was a stat. Well, Probably even like more now. IPL teams cover the whole comp. So, yeah, like, yeah. so how are you going to attract the best players if you can't pay them? Yeah, the only way you attract it if there's nothing else there. So they would just take the paycheck because it's just free air, and it isn't. There's international games going on and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I agree. They need the big names. They can't get them. They can't seem to get big-name retirees. Probably COVID-related stuff yeah, at the yeah. moment. We'll yeah, see when it, if it all opens up. Um, but, yeah, you don't get that. Yeah, well, Kara, interesting. even though he stunk it up. But, yeah, you don't yeah. get that sort of player. Other not, so IPLs, you know, completely different off by itself, way yep. up in the top. The other – I've been looking at a few of the other comps, like the CPL and the PSL, even the Sri Lankan Premier League. They just play the games, like you said, Mick. They play two a day, at because it's been COVID. They're playing two a day at one venue, basically. The whole thing's done in three weeks. Those other three comps only have um, five or six teams each, so it's a bit smaller, and they're playing um, each other twice. Usually, so it's a 10, 10 games around that mark, and then yeah, standard um, IPL style finals with one v two, and. Um, three v four or something like that but anyway yeah three weeks two games every day at the one venue and it's interesting that um the bbl obviously they didn't uh, they sort of ended up having to do a bit of that with all the teams coming to melbourne and playing yeah. multiple games uh, you know, each day but uh, i don't th- i think it'd be a funny one if your comp started out as being one game every night at seven o'clock if it turned into a game at two o'clock and a game at seven o'clock every day, because yeah. not you wouldn't think too many people be watching the two o'clock game. Yeah, gonna, that's yeah, and that would make it very difficult. But there's got to yeah. be some way to just compact it somehow. Like, well, it's interesting when you've got a, a current player, Joe Burns, on Twitter saying, "Oh, we should go back to eight games." Yeah. Tells you something, doesn't it? Current player says that. You One rarely point. hear current players talking about schedules or formats or fixturing. Mm. Oh, um, $1.8 million for the BBL mm-hmm. per side, $5.2 million for um, the IPL sides. Yeah, so what's that mean? So how many have we got in the B- BBL? Eight. Eight, yeah. So that's about yeah. million. So it's about three IPL things. Yeah. yeah. And I just uh, read again the other day, IPL's got two new teams, so it's probably going to get yeah. bigger. <clears throat> Yeah, so anyway, yeah, so that's uh, that's how you fix the BBL. So if anyone from the BBL is listening, fuck it, yep. just the check, just send it to um, Office 572A. Yeah, just drop uh, it off to us. Yeah. We'll make sure the boys get the rest of it. Yeah. Just share it around with you, book. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and go, it'll, go in the, uh, it'll go in the end of year fun. And, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're going to uh, wind up with a little bit of local cricket. So uh, we're going to do the rounds. Uh, so we'll start off in the Apple Isle down in Tassie. So we've got uh, Alan Hoare, who made 260 off 117 balls. For those playing home, that's a strike rate of 222.2. Hey. Um, and not to be outdone, Alan would also take four for 32 off 10 overs with the Rock. So Jeez. well done to Alan. So next up is probably some of the most viewed cricket highlights of the last couple of weeks. And that is from Victorian Premier Second Grade, where mm-hmm. Campbell Wells, Chris Stoolis made 237 off 72 balls. Mental. So he would hit 24s and 24 sixes. Hates so, them there. Yes, hates them there, exactly. This was the one uh, where the video did the rounds of the fast bowler. <laughs> Losing his goddamn <laughs> every, I mean, he got dropped fucking week. 20. Yeah, every <laughs> fucking week. 
Like so that, good. We've so all been good. there, mate. We've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably going at tens and over, no doubt. And, yeah. oh. Somewhere the captain's bending over, picking his hat up off the ground. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So well done to Chris. So um, that's the one good thing about this year: the introduction of the introduction of this new streaming um. Uh, mob called Frogbox. They sell a camera system and you can hook it up to your microphone. and that. They've seen a lot more streaming of lo- of grade and local games and it's been awesome. fucking fantastic for Twitter. Seen some cool shit, yeah. There's been so it's, much fodder for Twitter. It's, it's good that great. finally come to Australia. I think we talked about this earlier in the year about, you know, always yeah. seeing this footage from England and mm. never in Australia. It's great that it's happened now. A lot of clubs down our way are starting to do it. So yeah, well, no, Good on them. Really? Down your way. Well, I wish them all you. the best for their endeavours. Finally boss. come down your way, isn't it? <laughs> come down, down my way, my neck of the woods. Finally got down the highway, did you? From the big smoke. <laughs> the big smoke in Geelong. Yep, that's uh, what I class big smoke uh, these days. Oh, all right, next didn't up. Like it. Next up, we had into Tall neck from looking at the tall buildings, Ross. That's the one. Shut up, you two. Next up, we head to the Paris of the northern suburbs in Heidelberg Heights, where the Olympic <laughs> and 11 were set the monster target of 325 by the Dennis Cricket Club. So uh, the, Colts, the Colts looked to be in big trouble considering the fact they only had seven players. So good old Dennis. You look at it and go, you've only got seven blokes. We'll bat first, thanks. Yeah. run up 325 in a fucking one-day match. Thank you very much. The seven is, I know from experience in this league, seven is the minimum amount of plays you can have before the game is not a forfeit. <laughs> so they've just you know, rubbed their face in it. Is that uh, the 38 over comp, Mick? Uh, I think it's 40. 40. Yeah. Oh, 14, okay. So, um, so the Olympic Colts will go out to bat needing 325. They would fall to two for 60. Enter former AFL player Shane Harvey, who would then make 222 not out Fuck. to bring home the points for Olympic Colts as they would get up by a couple of runs. <laughs> um, the direct quote from Shane was, all I did was go out there and swing. So, <laughs> and we'll take that. Apparently, he ran out his young fella as well. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he made 222 and Alfred, the opposition, he Alfred his young bloke by fucking running him out as well. So. Only had six wickets too. That's six like a lot of... And so they were two for 60 and then he came in the bandit. So they were three for the half, half the wickets gone. And, and he's he made, made 220 red. Oh, <laughs> he made 220. Yeah. Chasing 312. Yeah. What? All I can say is not I wish Dennis all the best. Suck shit, Dennis. For <laughs> oh, I fucking batting first. You're going to have to a better oh. fucking club. Yeah. yeah. Bunch of knobheads. Batting <laughs> first. You know, That's in amazing. that situation. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> uh, so it was the uh, it was the week of double tons. There's a couple more double tons around. So uh, we shout out to uh, Curtis Townrow, who for the Trigger Cricket Club made 255 not out, and Nathan D'Antonio of the Melton Cricket Club made 245 not out. Coach Coach D'Antonio. Mm. So uh, yeah, you know, fucking couldn't coach the Knicks, but he can fucking make runs. So. <laughs> So, and lastly, for our little ra- around, we head back to Tasmania to finish off our local cricket segment, where uh, one of Roscoe's favourites, Clive Rose, would take six for 55 off 17 overs in Tassie Premier Cricket. And he's they level. have got to be the six unluckiest blokes in all of fucking Australia. Bloody hell. Not I'm going like to sing it, Ross. Like Every Clive Rose a takes a wicket. Yeah. Clive Rose, the uh, international movie sensation who can be seen in Cow's At, the Kerry Backer story, yeah, playing, yes. uh, playing for the World Eleven. I noticed when I was watching that on Netflix over uh, that's right. the holidays. But, uh, yeah, so that's it for local cricket. So um, does anyone else have any listener feedback or anything else they'd like to share with the group before we sign off and uh, put this one to bed? Yes, Alexander. Yeah, just everything I'm hearing around the streets is we're doing an amazing job at our podcasting, especially um, a cricket podcast that um, has a bent on Australian and local cricket. <laughs> yeah, I am um, often accosted in the street just to tell you guys that keep up the good work. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because people are so busy these days, they, they find it really hard to keep on top of the cricket news. So 
they they're happy to give up an hour a week to listen to us. Um, and yeah, so they just wanted to say thank you so much for for sharing our knowledge of the game with them, Joe Public, um, and to to keep going for another 160 episodes if we possibly can. They're so busy they can't keep up with the cricket news, but they can stop and have a long winded chat to you. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Just pressing the flesh. Yeah, I had a similar experience. Um, I was walking through the local shopping centre near my house with my mid-off cricket podcast uh, oh, uh, trucker hat on. Yeah, stopped. A young, a young chap come up to me and punched me in the face and said, fuck you, and then he trailed off as he walked away. And I assume you're saying, fuck you, you were doing a really good job on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Ross, do you have an experience similar to the very true and uh, real ones that we've had? Never leaves the house. No, because I've been busy watching the PSL, actually. I've watched more PSL than BBL in the month of January. Um, been watching a bit of uh, the teams going at it. Um, there's the uh, Moltan Saltans, your yeah, team. They are the um, Moltans. They yeah, are the Moltans. And actually, they've brought in a new rule after, with the Molten Sultans at this have year PSL. Yeah, all the team names have to be that uh, rhyming style. So mm. Lahore became the Stevedores. Yep, good. Lahore Stevedore. Yep, and then the Karachi Scalachis are out there. Scalachis. <laughs> Surname. And there's the Peshawar Talawas as well. Oh, yeah, good. Which is the Jamaican bird. So, yeah, they really put a bit of thought into the nicknames. Another good feature mm. of the PSL this year was I was watching in an afternoon game, Ben Dunk keep without a hat on. Bald bongo oh, out in the sun. In Pakistan, nice work. In Pakistan, yeah. Jesus. Well, you lose most of your heat through the top of your head, especially if you don't have any hair on it. So, it's smart. Ben Dunk, you also lose most of your form through the top of your head. I think the question on everyone's lips is, Ross, how was the opening ceremony? Mm. Did not see that. Sorry, missed that one. But watching all the games from the Karachi National Stadium, rather empty Karachi National Stadium, I might add. But anyway, um, the the commentators made up for the lack of noise by talking constantly. And you had your usual sparse suspects of Bommy and Bob. Oh, this podcast. Yeah, Mike <laughs> Hazeman. And then there's a, a more considered and a more elegant sounding voice, David Gower. Oh, really? Oh, wow. The PSL coverage. Yes, you got the axe from Sky Sports in England. Mm. Yeah. And uh, then they cut to us as obligatory now. They say maximum, and they're like, we can't fucking yeah. have these days. DLF maximum, get out. <laughs> they cut to the obligatory um, camera inside the commentary box, which, you know, has to oh, be. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For these some days. reason that you need yeah. that. Yeah, you must have. And there were the three commentators. <laughs> Sitting there in traditional Pakistani clothing. Ugh. Oh, okay. Mm. Cool. So I thought, oh, David, you could sell out for anything, couldn't you? Uh, Didn't surprise me so much about my case, <laughs> Pommy and Bungwa, but um, do you, um, do, you, do you think that the Karachi Super Stadium might be empty because the guys are the, the public are sh- saving their shekels for the Australian test matches? Quite possibly. Yeah. Mm, that's going to get cancelled anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, the other one I saw, we were talking about um, crimes against wicket keeping. There was um, the, keeper, the next day's Kiwi bloke. No, not short sleeves. We're in a floppy yellow. Oh, floppy yes. Yellow. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Yeah, keeping. And, Imagine uh, if he was leading um, run score, it would have to be a gold floppy. Uh, a floppy, floppy brown. Yeah. You wouldn't have better tell, would you? And then the the game I was watching last night, Mickey would have enjoyed. Uh, man of the match was Paul Sterling, made fifty one oh, off seventeen balls. That's a man we need in BBL. You want to bring the crowds back? Oh yeah, fucking oh! Paul Sterling, Madden Finchy and Paul Sterling opened the match. Oh, oh. fucking hell! Not enough red material in Victoria. Watch and fucking watch them. Not enough red polyester to make a uniform for that opening. Bring Mohammed Shazad out of retirement to bat at three, too. How good would that be? Uh, Having Mark the- Cosgrove out of retirement. <laughs> Let's load up. Let's fucking load right up. Ben Simmons. Oh, ben Simmons. What's the point? Craig funny Simmons. name? Craig, Craig Simmons. Simmons. Ben Simmons, Simmons. might need something to do. Basketball basketball he's not going to playing basketball fucking any time. After make, after make, to have to make 400 every innings because none of them will be able to field. <laughs> of nine slips and a that Sean Marsh is the one thick guy who can run around a bit. Yeah. yeah. World's worst hamstring. Yeah. 
Uh, the um, other thing that uh, commentators mentioned I thought was a good idea was that each of the, um, I think there's five teams in the PSL, the captain is from Pakistan. So I thought, yeah, that's, that's not right. a bad idea. I don't mind that. Yeah. Mm. I think they've done mm. that right from the start, from memory. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, I think that just about does us here in the Frederick Sock. Picked the eyes out of that, didn't we? Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. Spit that one out. You reckon I'd fucking know it after fucking 167 episodes? Uh, so, as we said last week, Valentine's Day is coming up, so you can either buy some socks for your girlfriend or yep. buy a sock to be your girlfriend. All righty, and that's us done here. So <laughs> thank you. Fuck you. Bye-bye, everybody. Uh, just a final thought from me, Mick. Uh, no domestic cricket fixtures come out yet, so uh, oh, I think WA been. might be the stumbling block there. Wait and see. <laughs> Kim Jong McGowan stopping the whole fucking world. So just... yeah, shield cricket. Well, who yeah. thought? Five days said... away until we either they open up or they don't open up. Or so I think it was it Feb the fifth was the date. Yeah, he changed his mind. I mean, Feb, oh, Feb the fifth yeah. is when he pulls. He does the old plunger on the dynamite and goes along the border. That's what's going to fucking happen. That's how the board. That's how he's opening the borders. He's opening it by about ten k away from the rest of Australia. Yeah, nice. A nice demilitarized zone in the middle too is what I would like. And just thought, David, when you get that message when we start recording and it says, um, um, meeting recording, and it says, got it or leave, are you, like, always tempted just to click leave? Pretty much hover over <laughs> leave, yeah. <laughs> all righty, that'll do us. See you later, everybody. Bye-bye. That, that was all right, bye. I guess. Oh, fuck away.